podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back, and Blitz Week is finally over. But before we get to game day, we have the one everyone's been waiting for. He's the man who I would listen, read a dictionary to me. He's the single greatest voice in the history of history. He knows more about every single K-State sports team than anyone else in the world combined. And he gets to hang out with Gene Taylor more than I do, so I'm totally jealous of this man. It's the man, the myth, the legend, the voice, Brian Smaller. Brian, how are you doing today? I am good. What an introduction. My goodness. I hope that money I paid you – it really paid off. Goodness gracious, that's, I'm, I'm very flattered. No, you, you, you didn't pay me anything, and honestly, I'm underselling you. Uh, I think anyone who sees me constantly tweeting questions uh, to the Q&As and pestering on social media knows how big of a fan I am, and that's all free of charge. So uh, before we get into anything specific, how have you been out in Manhattan? How's your family doing? How are things up at the football and uh, university complexes? Yeah, you know, um, it's it's kind of been crazy. It was everything stopped so abruptly that you're just trying to to navigate through the pandemic like everyone else. Um, you know, I'm sure uh, you know mental health's kind of become a, a, a trait, something that's a topic that's talked about nationally and globally for good reason. And I, I'm no different. It was just struggle for for the last couple of months until we finally got back in the office. And and now it's just you know in some respects it. There are daily reminders that it's different times. You know, people wearing masks and hand sanitizer and all the protocols we have here at the university and the athletic department. But there are other times where it feels just like any other August, September, where you're just trying to, it's a mad dash, trying to get everything ready and, and in place and all the T's crossed and I's dotted to get ready to go for football and all the other sports. Yeah, no, it, it is crazy. And uh, we'll jump into what I want to talk to you Real quick before we do, just shout out to, uh, you know, betonline.ag. They're the name sponsor of the entire Armchair Media Network, including our show. Uh, guess what? Football's back as uh, we're recording this, just, you know, so folks know we're actually recording this on uh, September 3rd. Well, guess what? Today's the first day of FBS football. Uh, it's back. The NFL's back. Uh, get over to betonline.ag today. Um, so let's just get into it. Um, before we talk about the fall sports, I want to circle back to when all this COVID stuff went down. I think every single sports podcast, excuse me, podcast has talked to their blue in the face about the men's NCAA tournament. But, you know, for K-State, you had the women's team that was fighting to get on, you know, on the bubble and into postseason play. How difficult was it to see them lose their chance to really make some noise in Kansas City? and then qualify for the NCAA tournament or maybe make a run in the WNIT? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was difficult. It was difficult only because they, they seemingly had gone through a lot of adversity during the season, uh, losing Rachel Ranke, one of their outside shooting guards that they really were counting on. And then uh, 
Chrissy Carr perhaps having more of a sophomore slump than, than first thought. I mean, so their outside shooting was a struggle all season. And, the, uh, of course, the uh, explosion inside of Ioka Lee, Big 12 freshman of the year, paired with Peyton Williams. You had the inside game. You really didn't have the guard game. But it was slowly coming around about Big 12 tournament time. And we were all very excited going into that tournament, thinking that K-State would have a chance to really put something deep together for a run in postseason play if in the WNIT. And so, and it was just getting to watch Peyton Williams and Ioka Lee play together for a couple more games. They were such just great, great players and partnered off each other so very well. So, yeah, to have that ripped off like a Band-Aid, boy, that was tough. That was really hard. Yeah, and then additionally, not just that, but then baseball and the few games they started getting get, – that they got to play, Pete Hughes' team – was looking like they had, you know, some of the best arms in the entire nation. And then that just gets stopped, stopped in its infancy of the season. Yeah, as hard as women's basketball was, I think I mourned the loss of the baseball season more. Um, uh, those that know me know that I enjoy doing play-by-play for each sport, and each sport has its own challenges. Uh, I, I'm someone that loves being able to go from sport to sport as well. Um, just I, I like the, the change and, and getting excited for each season. Baseball was my first love. Uh, baseball was my first thing that got me into the business. So uh, was calling baseball games. And so there is a romanticism about calling baseball games, especially on the radio, that I just am drawn to. And I was so excited about this baseball season. And the team, I know they were only 10 and 7 or whatever they were when the season stopped, but it was all starting to come together for them. I mean, they, Pete Hugh, that pitching staff that they compiled – was electric and the best thing about it Scott was as we know as K-State fans when you have a really good team and nobody knows about it like nobody nationally or regionally or in the conference knows that you're really good there is nothing better because you just feel like I can't wait to get out there and watch these guys dominate people and and everyone's going to be talking about us they and so we were so excited to just kind of see it all come together and they were starting to hit to match this pitching and so to have that thing, oh, man, that was rough. That was rough. Like two weeks, I still didn't believe it for two, three weeks that they actually were going to cancel the season and we weren't going to see Jordan Wicks and Connor McCull and Carson Seymour just shove on people. And, uh, I mean, the good news is we'll get to see it next year. And, but the bad news is everybody knows that now <laughs> Wicks, uh, you know, Wicks today was named uh, D1Baseball.com summer breakout player. I mean, everyone's on these guys. and it, for K-State fans, you're 2021, hopefully by then, pandemic is starting to taper down and be allowed to be there because this baseball team, I know 2013 we got to a super regional, but this is the greatest pitching staff we've ever had. And these guys are pros. I mean, you're talking two top 25 first round draft picks on the same team. It just doesn't happen in college baseball. And, and these two guys are really, really special. Yeah, no, I and I, I won't lie to you. When I heard some of the chatter surrounding baseball before the season started kicking off, I was like, eh, okay, you know, it, it might just be the uh, typical, hey, you know, Homer folks are trying to get behind the team. But then you start seeing a couple of those first games, and all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, all right, when's the next time they're going to be on TV on ESPN Plus, you know, try to catch them on the radio. It, it was – uh, you know, I'm guilty of underestimating, but once you start seeing those, uh, I, I agree with you. The the uh, sadness was real not getting to see them play. Yeah, um, when, and Wicks and Wicks and Seymour for sure are two guys that 
that people are going to love. And, and they, it's not just them. I mean, they've got a couple other arms, but it's a deep pitching staff. It's talented. And 2021 should be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm ready for baseball and a totally renovated park, too. It, you know, fans only got, uh, what was it? Uh, was it one series before yeah. that? Uh, yeah. Well, luckily, it'll all be waiting for us in the spring. We'll, we'll touch on the fall sports uh, real quick. I was happy to see the Big 12 is going to go ahead and have both volleyball and soccer. There are some conferences that are going to be playing football that are not going to do those sports. So I was happy to see uh, the Big 12 is going to do it. No non-conference. You're going to see just conference play. Soccer playing every team once. Volleyball doing the double round robin, uh, double headers. Um, and it's with both these sports. Well, let's talk volleyball first. They were so – or soccer first. They've been building up, building up, building up. And I had the non-conference really scheduled – or circled on my schedule to see them build up some wins and really get ready for such a tough conference fight. How tough is it going to be for them to start right away in the Big 12 without getting that ramp-up period? Uh, that's a great point. I, I think that's um... – a very astute observation on your part because that no doubt they this is a team that's getting better and better each year their style of play just the way they attack things I mean they were all it was all just counter sit back and rely on Miranda Larkin and, and just counter if you can the first couple of years and, and just uh, play for a tie play for a goal right and, and last year was kind of the first year that they started to have enough of the talent recruited into the program. It's just so hard starting a program from scratch. I mean, you, you know, you think about it, and to no offense of the, of the one young women that came here and played, but you're, you're starting off with players that are probably at the level of what you play in the non-conference, not at the Power Five level, because you're just not established yet. You didn't even have a stadium. And now they're kind of at the point where they have the facility – they have a little bit of cachet as far as on the recruiting trail. They've had some success. They're starting to recruit a lot better. Uh, I think this year's class was the first class that they've had that every single one of those kids had a power five offer. Uh, I mean, those are all benchmarks you can point to that they're getting better. And this team is very, I'm pretty excited about, but it is going to be difficult because they open with Texas tech. Who, who's, I mean, that's a top, that's a top 15 program. Um, you know, West Virginia is a national champion contender every year. They went to the Final Four and national championship match here just like two years ago. Um, you know, Baylor's really good. Oklahoma State won the conference. You know, it's, a, it, it's, it's a very difficult league. It's, it's hard to try and pick yourself up off the mat and go. Both K-State and Iowa State are probably the teams that are at the bottom fighting their way up. Iowa State just replaced their coach. Um, Oklahoma may be a little bit down, but uh, KU's having to replace a lot, but they're usually pretty good. So, yeah, it'll be difficult for K-State, but I, I like the pieces they got. This will probably be the strongest offensive team that they've had at, at, uh, as far as skill and talent at that position. They've had – they've got depth. They've got great camaraderie. Um, now it's just a matter of putting the ball in the net and, and making it play out um, and avoiding the injury bug, right, as, as it is for everybody. Definitely, and I do want to give a shout-out to all the folks that work on the K-State soccer social media team because man they've been they've been putting out some good stuff on twitter some real funny videos i have enjoyed all the social media teams at k-state but some of the work they've been doing with the soccer teams really put a smile on my face this offseason um, yeah alec hanlon alec hanlon's our, our video guy that is kind of the the one that handles a lot of that jay moline of course the uh, social media savant here at kansas state um those guys all come up with those ideas along with the team so oh yeah 
Yeah, Jay, Jay quickly has become one of my favorite guys. Uh, I ran into him on a handful of occasions at some of the events before basketball games this past year and finally got to talk with him and Cody in person. And I've quickly become uh, super fans of both of them. And it's, uh, it's crazy. And I'll, I promise to get back into the uh, questions here in a second. But uh, just want to brag on all of you guys for, for a bit. When you look at a, an athletic department the size of K-State's, um, and with the budget that you guys have, but then you turn around and see the talent you have at every single level uh, doing social media, doing video, doing in-game experience, doing extra stuff for the fans before and after the games. Uh, I've never ceased to be amazed by what you guys are able to do. So as someone who loves K-State sports as much as I do, I want to thank you and everyone who's working behind the scenes that probably doesn't get enough uh, publicity and love that they deserve. Oh, that's very nice of you to say, and uh, we do have a great staff here. We pride ourselves a lot on I mean, most of, like our staff, our entire video staff, full-time staff are all K-State grads, you know, and that's pretty rare. You find that, uh, and a lot of those were, were people that were elsewhere that just wanted to come back, wanted any chance they could to get back, and um, yeah, we just have the right people that, that are all about, they get the job, whatever we got to do, let's do it for the good of the student athletes the fans, and that's the right attitude to have. Definitely. So we'll get into volleyball. Uh, like I said, they're doing double round robin. Then, you know, with the Big Ten and Pac-12 not doing volleyball, I think the you make the case that the Big 12 might be the top volleyball conference this year. They were so young last year. They had their growing pains. But you could see it in spurts where they'd pick off a game that people thought they might just get swept all the way through. They might not get the match, but they'd get the game. They have that young talent. Um, but at the same time, they don't get that ramp up from the non-con. What can fans expect out of them doing that back-to-back double round robin throughout this entire season in the Big 12 gauntlet? Well, I think the tough thing for Susie Fritz's team is going to be, first and foremost, just replacing what they lost. They had some players transfer out at the end of last season. I I think they were really excited about what they had coming back. And then, you know, to see Muteri and and some others leave, it it just kind of took the the wind out of the sails a little bit. Now, that said, I, I think they have some talent. Um, it's young. It's really young talent. They're, they're, I think it's like 13 new faces. I mean, it's kind of like men's basketball. They just have a ton of, of kids. It's a top 25 class for the second straight year, but they're just um, young and unproven. And again, it goes right to what you just said about the conference. You don't get that non-conference to warm up. So really two teams, and we haven't, we're not talking about men's basketball, but there's three teams right there that really, really wish that they could have as many non-conference games as possible to try and build up and get people used to playing at this level, used to playing together, and then what it's going to be like in the Big 12 before you actually get into it. Um, And unfortunately, that's just not going to be the case. Now, the good news is, you know, you get an extra year of eligibility, so it's almost like a practice year, right? So those schools don't get NCAA tournaments, uh, you know, soccer and, and volleyball, those programs, I should say, don't get NCAA tournaments. So you can go out and win a Big 12. You can go out and compete. So it's almost like a free practice year, if anything else. Um, so I, I think volleyball is looking at it in that regard. I think they're going to have a lot of young, surprising talent that, that's going to be exciting to watch. It's just going to take them a little while to get their feet underneath them. Definitely. Before we get into uh, forcing to make some football predictions and a little bit of football talk, um, you're finally becoming a recurring guest on the show. Um, some of the folks that you have on the K-State football pregame show, some of our get favorite guests of all time, Travis Tannehill, Ian Campbell, Reggie Walker, they've all been on the show multiple times apiece. Both Travis and Ian uh, popped up in the Blitz Week stuff last week. Um, so I, I just want 
to see if I can get you to tell the boneheads any funny stories or, you know, drop a little <laughs> bit of dirt on any of our favorite uh, recurring guests. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, of course, there's a lot of stuff I could say, but probably can't um, for lack of uh, liability issues. But um, uh, those guys are great. I, I We have so much fun. And um, the text the text messages back and forth, the chain that we have that goes back and forth, be it during games, before the games, or during the week, um, it's just – it's crazy. It's, uh, it's, it's great stuff. Now, I will, each of them individually have their own – quirks you know Travis he's kind of a um he's a hunter he's you know he's outdoorsman man's man type of guy but he still has this uh laissez-faire attitude about I remember when we were getting ready to try and um do the first ESPN plus game and it was going to be me and him during the game and um I said hey why don't we come and do a couple practice runs we'll we'll go to a couple of scrimmages coach Snyder was going to have some Saturday scrimmages during the fall and we got permission to basically be up in the booth and practice doing a, a telecast together Travis and myself and we come and Travis watches with me we end up talking for a while and then I was like should we actually like practice now like do the telecast and Travis basically says I don't believe in practice he says I hated practice when I was playing football and I, I don't I just show up and do it I, I, we don't need to practice this is that's how I did it through all through my football season or my career I'm like wow letting the cat out of the bag Trav so we always give him a hard time about that. Um, Ian, I, I slowly hired because he was bald. There really is no other reason. Um, you know, he shaved the locks. And so, but no, Ian's been great. He, he works so hard at it. And he and Reggie together are, uh, you guys have had him on the show. I mean, two guys that just absolutely love each other, but give each other total amount of grief and play off each other so very well. Um, my face hurts when they're on the show together because they, the Prince stories are flying fast and, and, and I can't hardly keep up with all the stuff. I mean, I was here during that time, but some of the Prince jokes they've got, the inside jokes they have are just uh, amazing. The, the best, the best things I can say is, uh, so Reggie, one, Reggie hates the cold almost as much as he hates coach Prince. So, the problem, you know, if we, if we have to do a show and we got to do it in the cold, Reggie, he's campaigning hard for us to be inside. He, he does not want to be outside in the cold. And there was a show he had to do last, like a couple of years ago with Bridget at hosting and they were upstairs and Bridget even asked a question like we should, and, and Ian was still mad that we were not inside. Ian wants to be outside and Ian wanted to be outside because he's all about his scarves. He's got a whole bunch of scarves and he wants to show them off. So Ian was upset we were inside. Reggie was upset that it was cold. We actually had the, the door open, and they both went off on uh, before the show and during the show about it. Uh, the other time that I can remember on Reggie is uh, <laughs> we were doing the Mississippi State game, and Reggie, you know, I told the guys, hey, you got to dress up for the show. You can wear whatever after. Reggie shows up in a maroon jacket, like a suit jacket, a suit coat for the show and was trying to convince us that it was purple, but it was 100% maroon, Mississippi State maroon. Uh, and to this day, that still gets brought up like, hey, we're playing Baylor this week, so Reggie, please, no green jackets, or we're going to play Kansas, no blue, right? You know, we don't need to have – I mean, I, who owns a maroon suit coat? Reggie Walker, apparently. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um before we move on, got to pay the bills real quick. Manscaped.com, use promo code armchair. 
Uh, I won't I won't talk about some of the products they have, but I do want to plug their boxer briefs. Not kidding, the single best boxer briefs I've ever owned and the best body wash. They give us some free product when they're doing sponsor runs with, with us. I will take money out of my own paycheck to go out there and buy that body wash. So folks, if you need a great smelling body wash, head over to manscapes.com, use promo code armchair for 20% off and free shipping. And then like I said at the top of the show, betonline.ag, get in there today. It's time to start building up that bankroll for football season. And they have Floyd Money Mayweather, where you can guess how much his jewelry collection costs and win prizes. Get over there soon because you know what? I'm sure he's going to have to sell some more of it off because he's probably on the verge of going bankrupt again. So get over to betonline.ag and manscaped.com, promo code uh, armchair, manscaped.com, promo code arm, armchair for 20% off. All right, before we get into it, I did mention, you know, the, the football pregame show. Are there going to be any changes to it this year? or where I just want to make sure I also plug it so fans get to watch it when it is going on. Yeah, uh, no, we'll still we'll still do it this year. It will look a little different. Um, well, one Bridget has moved on so, for us, so um, um, did a fantastic job, and she was with the Mountain West, but during the pandemic is uh, is uh, looking for her next gig. And but we'll have uh, different student silent reporters from time to time doing some features. Um, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, we won't be able to have three of us on the set. Uh, for every show so it'll just we'll have to rotate between the three guys you mentioned each week so that part will somewhat suck um no it won't somewhat it, it, it'll suck because it, that, that was one of the joys of having those three guys rotate through there was the, the, they know each other well enough to interact and joke we had a good time on the show and so it'll be a little bit tamer in that regard because we'll have to sit far apart and have just two of us but no we'll still be on big tool now on espn plus and facebook live before the game and Facebook for after the game for our post-game stuff. And, um, you know, Big 12 now on ESPN Plus this year has eight, uh, four more schools in it. So if you haven't been subscribing before, it, you're going to get a lot more of the K-State road games, especially those other sports besides football and basketball. Uh, you know, what fall sports will be played, almost all of it will be on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus outside of the ones against Texas and Oklahoma. Yep, no, I'll, I'll be looking forward to watching all those and, since I had made the decision I'm not going to go to any games this year, I'll be able to uh, tune in and watch you guys and probably uh, live tweet the show. So uh, don't don't be stingy. Buy Big 12 now on ESPN Plus so you don't have to be dependent on all my tweets while I'm watching you guys. So uh, we'll, we'll get into the actual football. So the, the only real staff shakeup for this football staff, which – has so many rising stars and such a big thing in college football not to have staff turnover is Scotty Hazleton who went up to Michigan State. Joe Klanderman got promoted. Steve Standard was brought in from Syracuse. What, if any, major changes do you expect to see on that side of the ball with uh, Joe Klanderman getting the, the captain's chair on the defense? Yeah, you know, no, I don't see any major changes coming. Um, and, and the comparison I would make would be to Coach Snyder and his offense. You know, it, it, there was a style to it. And I think Chris Kleiman, while he's he's hands off and he's all about growing, growing coaches, right? He's a, he's a leader of men and a leader of coaches too. I, I don't – he does not – I don't want that example to be misconstrued that he's hands on the defense because that's not what it is. But he does have a certain style or stamp, I think, that he has has – purposely brought coaches in that have the same mindset as coach Kleiman. So I don't suspect that there will be much change. Um, you know, I think both Scott 
uh, Scotty Hazleton and, and Joe Klanderman are both aggressive coaches when it comes to blitzing, um, blitz packages. I think they both are smart enough to, um, ta- you know, stylistically, formation, whatever, whatever they're going to put out there as far as a package, they do it to match the personnel that they have available. And it's really the, the management this year and this season, Scott, is going to be more on how, how do you manage personnel, right? Because it's not, it's no longer just the injury bug that could have people out. It's COVID. So, and in quarantines and, and contact tracing, and you were there, you may not have it, but you were with someone that may have been around it. So now you're out and managing that roster and finding out pieces that work while still trying to build a game plan around what pieces you have is going to be quite difficult, but um, it's the same for everybody. So it, uh, I, I, I'm excited about Joe Klanderman. I think he's a great communicator and it seems like he's hit the ground running. Definitely. On the other side of the ball, Courtney Messingham back at offensive coordinator. Um, it was a bit up and down in some games. Um, do you think they'll be able to find more consistently and have that groove at the top end of what they're able to do, um, even with, you know, trading out all those offensive linemen? You know, I think you might get, be getting more athletic and top end talent in the offensive line. But until you see the bullets flying live, uh, you know, you still don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's very well said. I think the offensive line is the key, no doubt. Um, it all starts there. I mean, you can have fantastic quarterbacks and, and wide receivers and running backs, but if you can't get them the ball, if you can't give them the time to get the ball, then it doesn't really matter. Uh, Darren Sproul's senior year is a perfect example. That, that offensive line was not as good as it was his junior year. People were stacking the box to stop Darren, and, and he didn't have as productive of a season. Um, due in fact that people were just jamming up the box, right? And you had to be able to beat them with the pass. So, the fact that Skyler is back and, and really for one of the rare times, he's got the same offensive coordinator, uh, I think, and, and he's going to be injury free. I think he's added about 10 pounds. Um, Skyler has in the off season. I think that's going to help him. He just looks stronger, bigger uh, than he has. Uh, he has a good master of the offense. I, I feel very confident with him back there. I think he's going to help solidify a little bit of that offensive rhythm that maybe wasn't there last year with Courtney Messingham. And I don't think necessarily that was on coach as much as it was just everybody trying to, figure it all out for the first time. I, like you, am impressed with the offensive line, the young guys they got. I think they're super athletic, talented. They just got to get out there and experience what it's like. And then receivers is as deep as it's ever been. And it really depth is a big thing. I, I, you look across this team, they've really bulked up as far as their numbers in, in offensive line, wide receiver, running backs, tight ends, fullbacks, across the board. And that's maybe a little bit unusual compared to last the years that I remember in the past doing the depth chart. But it's going to be so important this year, uh, boy, with, uh, with COVID and everything else. You're going to go weeks without a certain group being full of participant in practice or in the game. So you have to be able to build out that depth and protect yourself from having a huge drop-off. Definitely. Well, now it's time to uh, get some predictions. Don't worry. The Boneheads are not going to hold every single one of these against you. They're not going to call you out if you're wrong or anything like that. So just so just let it fly. So the first one we're going to ask, offensive MVP, uh, who, who do you have and uh, what's your reasoning behind it? Well, the offensive MVP, I'll, I'll say it'll be Skyler. I know that's an easy take. But if it wasn't for Skyler, I, I think Briley Moore's got a chance to be an impact guy right here out of the get-go. Um, just – a familiarity already with Skyler. He is a unique talent at tight end position that we haven't had in a while. Um, sorry, Trav. I, I you know I think he's better than even 
Travis Tannehill. I mean, he's just a, he's just an athletic special guy at that tight end position, and, and that will bring a different dynamic. I mean, we can see it with the Chiefs, whoever you want to name, right? You start adding weapons at different positions, and Malik Knowles being a guy that's bigger and stronger, if he can stay healthy on the outside, it all marries together. Skyler's going to be the guy that I think will be the MVP, but I could see Bradley Moore being a guy that could be a nice, safe outlet when things are breaking down, uh, you know, in the pocket. Definitely. All right, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. All right, I'm all, I'm all in on the Khalid Duke train. Uh, you know, I, this guy last year was a monster when he was in there and passed uh, rush-only options and downs. Uh, you could see it coming that it was just going to be a matter of time before this guy was going to be a star. And him paired opposite Wyatt Hubert, I don't know how you stop that if you're a team. I, it's going to be very difficult if if, can, if the chief or if the uh, the Wildcats can find anybody on the inside to anchor it the way that Jordan Mitty and, and that group did last year on, on the inside of the defensive line, then <laughs> look out. I, I think that K-State's pass rush is going to be much better than it was a year ago. So I'm all in on the Khalid Duke chain. I think he he's uh, he, he will be the guy that will uh, really, really step up. Yeah, so that actually leads into who are you predicting to be the young breakout player of the year? He's just a sophomore. He was just in the jet package last year. So he definitely qualifies there. Do you have any other young names Bonehead should be keeping their eye on? Boy, I – I so badly want to pick Deuce Vaughn here. I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, man, I don't, I don't want to jinx him, but the stuff you hear out of practice right now on Deuce Vaughn is that this guy is Darren Sproles 2.0. So, and that's a high, a high praise and a name you don't want to throw around, you know, too easily, but I'm super excited to see Deuce Vaughn. I hope, I hope that he gets a shot. And, and in this offense with as many running backs as they roll through there, well, that could be somebody that could jump off the page. But it's, it's not like they don't have a stable of running backs, right? There's a lot of guys back there that bring you all sorts of different things. But Deuce Vaughn's a name they keep hearing guys talking hushed tones about, like, oh, man, you got to see what this Deuce Vaughn guy's doing. That's, those are the type of things that the K-State fan get, get you excited for the season. Definitely. And if anyone wants a fun, you know, 12 minutes, find his huddle – uh, mixtape from his senior year because he was having games where he was scoring five touchdowns in the first half down like in Texas like he wasn't playing against scrubs either so he, that's a fun uh, tape to watch um, now we're going to get into the we're going to get into the big one um, assuming we get all 10 games in what sort of record are you eyeing uh, for this team to achieve now, the hard part on this one is I thought about this ahead of time because I figured you were going to ask. I, the, the hard part about this one is you just don't know on COVID, right? You just don't know what's going to happen. How, how do you – you could predict the game to go a certain way, but what happens if, if Skylar Thompson doesn't play or, or a certain position group is out? I mean, it's just – that was where it gets a little dicey. But a, let's just say high in the sky, everyone's healthy, everyone doesn't have COVID, everyone's available for a game. K-State, I could see it. You could talk me to an eight and two pretty easy. I, I think seven and three is a solid record. I would, I would say, I would take seven and three and be very happy with it. Truthfully, though, I could care less if K-State ended up winning four or five games as long as they played and everyone stayed healthy. I, I'm just so it, it gets to a point as a K-Stater, and I'm sure you're in the same boat, Scott, and everybody listening that. I just want to see something on the TV. I want to see a Wildcat doing something on television or at a stadium. I, I'm just to that point where it's just been – it has just been sucks, right? <laughs> yeah. 
everything that's happened in this world has sucked for the last four to five months. You just want to see two to three hours of escapism, please, on my screen or in the stands and rooting on kids that are just trying, busting their butt to get a graduation, get a free education, and uh, have some fun doing it. So I'm looking forward to that. I like it. But before, before we get out there, we're asking uh, one, one more. You know, they had the Oklahoma win last year. Some folks would probably try to say Mississippi State or even Iowa State. I roll my eye at Iowa State. But is there any game that you're willing to throw the smaller stamp of statement on that they might pick off and, you know, might be leading off Sports Center once again? Oh, boy. You know, Oklahoma's one. You know, you're going down there. I don't know how many fans are going to be in the stand for that game. And you got Spencer Rattler, a quarterback. I mean, maybe on that one, Iowa State. I I know you got a thing with Iowa State. I, I just don't. I can't. I'm not ready to anoint Iowa State as a, as a team that that would be an upset win if K-State won that game. I just don't. I can't get there yet. Uh, they, they got to show me something beyond seven wins. So I, I think before you can anoint them. But I'll say Oklahoma State. You know, I don't know why the Cowboys are getting a lot of love here as, as a possible sleeper in the conference. And, and um, I don't know, just just I know a lot of that's probably Chuba Hubbard and or Chuba Hubbard and, and well-deserved guy's going to be a Heisman runner. And they do have a quarterback back, but I just, I don't know. I'm not sold on Oklahoma State yet. I think K-State grabs Oklahoma State here and, and Texas both. I think they get both orange teams here in Manhattan. I like it, and you're definitely endearing yourself more to me and to the Boneheads, saying that Iowa State needs to win more than seven. Show you something. <laughs> I, I, I love that. So that's all I got for you this time. Um, you know, keep, keep an eye to the mail slot at the Veneer Family Football Complex. Your recurring guest koozie finally is going to be on the way. It probably took too long to get you on here a second time. Uh, but as always, we want to give the guests uh, the final platform, talk to any of the Boneheads, any K-State fans, anyone listening to this, tell them whatever you'd like. All right. Well, first one is, listen, we, we all, whether our political leanings uh, aside, wear a mask. I mean, please, it's not hard. It, it's it, the only way we're going to get through this thing until we get uh, rapid testing and then a vaccine. And even then, take the vaccine, please. Wear your mask. Get a flu shot so that we can have football and basketball and that I can actually call games. But beyond that, I just I want to see K-State fans back in the stands again, that we can get the family together and yell and scream and shout and boo whoever we need to the, from the other side, be it a Cyclone or a Jayhawk. We need to be able to do all those things. And that only happens if all the people in charge are giving us the green light. And that happens with people, uh, the virus numbers going down. So do what we got to do, right? It's not fun, but it's better than better than nothing, better than no sports. So. That would be my platform. And then also, kudos to you and Grant. I mean, you guys do such a great job with this thing. It's become such a great joy to hear it. I will say this unprompted. You knew I was, you didn't even know I was going to say this. I don't listen to any podcast, zero, except for Bosco Boys. That's the only one that I will take the time to listen to because I'm a busy guy and I don't have time to do all that stuff. I'm busy trying to answer all these texts from Reggie and Ian and Trav. So, Bosco Boys is the only podcast that I will listen to. There's your endorsement. I'm going to have to cut that and slap it on the, the beginning of every single show we have from now on. So I appreciate <laughs> that. That that means a ton to me. Um, you know, yeah, it, it, it does. I, I'm shocked to hear that, but I, I love you for it. Um, love all the fans. And guess what? You know, if this is airing, uh, that means there's a game tomorrow. So 
you know, I, I'm excited for I'm, I'm excited for K-State Sports. I'm excited to watch you on ESPN Plus before the games. And uh, I'm just ready for life to start getting back to normal. And I, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy afternoon to uh, help, help everyone feel that normalcy is getting closer and closer. Appreciate it, bud. Always a pleasure. We'll do it anytime. We'll talk to you down the road. Definitely. All right. Thanks, everyone. The world has been turned upside down and college football with it. Both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 can have postponed their 2020 football season. Still cautious optimism that a college football season can be played safely. We're preparing to play. I try to be everything that I can. But sometimes I come out as being nothing. I pray to God that he make me a better man. <sighs> Maybe one day I'ma stand for something. Feels good to be back. Tell me ain't nobody better than me. I think that there's better than me. Hope you see the better in me. Always end up better in me. I don't wanna ruin this one. This type of love don't always come and go. Stay strong, we gon' live long. I don't wanna ruin this one. This type of love don't always come in. I want football, you want football, everybody wants football. College football is gonna be played and it's time to get excited about it. Podcast Network.